Hi guys, before we start the episode, we just want to have a quick thing to say. So this um, episode is going to talk about several topics around mental health, um, depression, anxiety, suicide, and this just serves as a trigger warning. Just want to make sure that before watching this, you were well aware, and we really appreciate you taking the time to listen and hope that you find some of the things that we say in our own experiences to be beneficial, um, thoughtful, And yeah, by no means are we mental health professionals, nor are we licensed in any of this. We are strictly just speaking from our experiences. There, of course, like in true Micah fashion, we make jokes, we laugh, we cry, but we just wanted to like serve you guys as a warning before you listen to know that um, we might talk about sensitive topics. And if you are not in the best place, just kind of know ahead of time before you play the episode. Thank you guys again for listening to chat with I feel like we should, you know, say shout out to Tula. Um, they I'm crying. They can't see It's okay. We just, they just. I'm going to pause the recording. I don't feel like getting all the. the way you okay, 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 okay. It's recording. It's recording. I won't trim it. It'll be part of the recording like that. Oh my gosh! Call my friends. No, you could have got a sponsoring opportunity right there. Anyhow, hey guys. Welcome back Hi. another episode of Chats <laughs> with Micah. Um, and today we have a special guest. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, guys, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It is our dear friend, Teresa. We don't know her. I don't know if she's talking about her friend. I don't know that girl. Never met her in my life. Wow. That's if, that's I, if you hard. people can see her head. They don't know, they're going to know. If so. you people can see her head, even the background can pick it up. <laughs> not there, okay. Some people jealous me. No one jealous. You sit down. Chill, relax. Some people jealous me. Relax. My father said that I shouldn't talk to haters, so it's okay. I don't blame you, people. If I was you, I would jealous me too. So this podcast is gonna be Moriam and Teresa only. You're actually mad. <laughs> There's my car. You mad? <laughs> Your initials don't even work. You guys will be chatting with mites. What's mites? I beg, I beg, I beg. We're mighty, babe. Mighty, okay, like what? Like, I'm confused. Hey. That's with mighty. We're mighty. Thank you. And powerful. You guys see how they bully me? I just came on here trying to be a good person. Okay, yeah, doing all these shenanigans. So let's get to the topic of today. Um, Kanye, do you want to introduce us to this topic? Yeah, I'm super excited. So today's topic is, do I need therapy or am I just poor? And, you know, it's a topic very close to my heart because I am both needing of therapy and poor. <laughs> so... Thank you. That is the introduction. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you guys don't forget candles. 
my Micah coming 2022. It's you know, a Micah candle. Is it a coin solar candle? No, Micah. We made this joke last year that we're going to make candles, and I'm still holding out. While making candles, I'm telling you people, if this podcast blows like this, we're getting merch, our faces on t-shirts, candles, costas, mugs. I'll buy. I'll definitely buy. Look at Teresa supporting. Supporting. I love it for us. Yes, yes. Morgan looks so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. I'm making candles. Are you mad? Anyhow, (laughs) but yet to elaborate on what Queen Sola has said, the we Yes, um, we wanted to kind of dive in deeper, but oftentimes I think just, you know, just being poor, you know, most people kind of dismiss therapy oftentimes. And then um, we always thought therapy was like a luxury that you see on TV and the white kids, you know, just they probably broke their arm and mom put them in therapy. But, you know, it just it just seemed like another person's problem or a white people problem. And then until you realize that, yeah, the one who's also needing that therapy as well. Yes. So um, we're basically going to talk about like income disparity and then how sometimes due to just not having money, you don't think about things outside of, you know, clothing, basic needs, things that you need, ETC. So that's kind of what we're going to dive into. So we're going to hit our lovely co-host guest today with the first question. And that will be, when I pull it up, I will ask it. Oh, I have a question. <laughs> I have pulled it up. Uh-uh. Let me okay. ask something. <clears throat> Do Africans need therapy? Yes. No, 100%. <laughs> everybody. Everybody should just go to therapy, for real. Starting from our parents' generation, I feel like they need it the most. I agree. Because... <laughs> let's talk just think about how much less trauma as african children would have survived or like not had to gone through if our parents just talked about that one time their mom beat them too hard like i feel like i'm paying the sacrifice of your trauma and i don't i don't like it that's not my problem like why am i suffering at your own hands of like your own pain why 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 are you transferring it from one generation to another (laughs) Please tell me. Tell me. They don't even believe in therapy, and that itself is a it's a problem. But the thing is, I also believe that is a lie. Because talking to their children, their friend, and venting and doing all those things is a form of therapy. They just don't like the formal I pull up to someone's office, I uh have a actual person who's a licensed therapist to yeah. help me think through my problems they don't want to do that because they think something's wrong with that but i swear they all believe in some form of therapy they just they believe in group therapy they the stigma they hate the stigma of like yeah oh, yeah i'm going to therapy i have a therapist i'm talking about this problems and all of that because like pre- re- representation and like what you present to people is really important in african households so like the idea of like, oh, I have a problem and I'm solving it by going to go talk about this and this to this person. It's just like <laughs> that to them is like, no, no. Yeah, so I do think that like, you know, like how people do view you um, is really big in African households and stuff like that. So putting that information out there 
or even freely talking about it among your peers is just they just view you as like oh like you have a problem or you're mentally ill automatically like they automatically label you as like mentally ill and it's just going through everyday issues for- i think i agree i think funny enough though i think corona at least with africans in the u.s i can't speak of africans and all well, nigerians community specifically because that's what i've seen i think the nigerian community after corona has been a lot more open to therapy um like legitimately during my church service my pastor my my church is predominantly nigerian and my pastor got on the pupit and was like it's okay to need god it's okay to pray but also go to therapy if you need it the way i almost fell out of my seat i said hey we i said jesus is coming wrap the shit up (laughs) we gotta go he's outside because the way like she was like saying i was just like I think Corona and like everyone being locked up and having to like be around their family and you know everyone has made people realize that like one they don't like their families two I'm I'm being so serious two their kids don't like them so their kids are not quarantined with them and three they're left with their own thoughts and they're they're realizing damn my thoughts are kind of traumatic this isn't fun so I think like because of that, like the attitude of therapy has shifted. And like, you know, if it took a global pandemic for Africans to see the light, mm. it is what it is. <laughs> Progress for real. Progress. But yeah. Cause I don't think that like, you know, a lot of Africans are very religious and like the first uh the first way of like resolving most issues is like, oh, go to church or go to the Bible or you know that's like the like god can fix everything and i'm like yeah you know that's really true but like in addition to that (laughs) we have therapy like we have all these tools that can really make your problems much more easier to resolve than like oh going to vast some clinical chapter (laughs) (laughs) like you can't keep reading the same scripture every day when the problem is today like it's not gonna go away so and they also are starting to have like even um therapists who are who can tie in religion into it to like if that is also beneficial i think oftentimes people try to separate the two it's not a a fix all and i feel like sometimes they forget that god essentially if he created all he created a therapist as well so i just want to put that out there um (laughs) <laughs> it's like preach what 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 yep you should post that on instagram uh, got the creative therapist go to that shit <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but i think that like i i have a funny story about religion and therapy um a lot of people may not know on the podcast but i have what i call the mental abcs i'm not about to go through my diagnosis but as i said abcs you know it's a lot um just like this a thing called mental abcs nah i just call them abcs because i don't feel like going through all like the list of everything that i have because frankly it's none of y'all business i love y'all but but when i was younger when i was going through it i remember going to one of like the religious leaders and i was like yeah bro i'm trying to die for real and they were like oh my god you know just go and pray and go fix it all and then i prayed and i went back and i said yo maybe god hates now i had god hates me because <laughs> I, still, 
I still don't want to be here and I'm still praying. So I said, you're making me an unbeliever. I'm I'm this close to becoming an atheist because of you. Because what do you mean? If God is supposed to take this thing away and I'm still here and I'm still sad. And then I was like, so basically, I, I really do think that like a lot of times if you are religious, I think like people villainize therapy so much in religion because they think that like the only solution, they everyone thinks that God has one solution to things. And people are not ready to understand that like your healing can be with prayer and therapy. Like it's not an insane thing to happen. And I think like it took me well into my adult years to get to that point where like my healing might just be prayer and therapy. For some people, praying is enough. Like I know yeah. some people that like if they they can literally pray the depression away on honestly, either I don't have the type of faith or God just play with me. I don't know what it is, but I wish I was there. But there's some people like who can read the Bible and they're good. There's some people that just need to meditate and fast and they're good. There's some people that need to talk to whichever, whichever God they believe in and they're straight. But not everybody's built like that. And I feel like sometimes some people just need extra help. And that is fine. And like, it's okay to need extra help. It's okay to go seek that help. And I just really wish that a lot of like religious places like preach that to like, especially younger kids. Cause that's how you're losing. Like legit, I questioned my faith when I was like, 14 15 because i was like i'm praying to die god's not killing me i'm praying to not have this sadness i'm still sad i'm praying for solution i still in the same problem so at this point everything people are telling me is not working when all i really needed was a counter to be like shorty you're good and that was it but i didn't have that because i felt like i'm supposed to just pray this thing away i was supposed to fast it away i was supposed to just be there and i was like that's not the case and that was not the case for me and it's still not the case for me maybe in five years i'll change my opinion mm, probably not but maybe in five years i'll change my opinion but until then like i really do think like a lot of religious places really need to like like especially to their young kids stop saying that bro like if they need therapy take take your kids to therapy like for real i i wish i went when i was younger yeah. i think though um i think honestly a tie with like just religion as well as like Africans I think reasons why we they didn't like promote therapy is just because I feel like it was a sign they they considered it a sign of weakness and I felt like it took a while to kind of start unlearning that because I don't think it makes you weak to go seek help I think it makes you even stronger when you've actually put the energy the and and the desire to want to go seek that help because walking around sad all the time depressed and constantly complaining about your problems is just additional wahala it's work it's like you're lifting weights and you're not even at the gym babe you're not even getting gains bro you're just stressing your bags are drooping your shoulders are stressed like it's, all of this for what there's no gains your ass is not fat i'm sorry so all i'm saying is that it's not weak to get additional help and it's like I don't even at this point in time like I'm good I don't even talk to my therapist about serious stuff no more last time I was just talking about buying a condo with her sometimes it's just nice to have someone outside of the daily people that you have to talk to and it just be cool like she's like a homie to me I also think sometimes Africans don't want to go to therapy because they're not ready to fix their problems this is, <laughs> this is controversial but yeah no like i really feel like some people thrive in their fucking trauma 
they love being like you know i've broken my leg i lost my child my house was covered in tsunami but i'm still here and they like just (laughs) being able to like stand on that shit bro like they like the idea that like they're sad and functional why like why you know the people that come to church to give testimonies (laughs) (laughs) that's all i could think y'all stop i'm a christian don't get me canceled in my own church bro (laughs) The one that comes to church to give testimony. I'm a church. Listen, I'm a church accountant. Pastor Mary, if you're listening, I don't believe what these people are saying. I'm not part of them. Thank you. <laughs> it's really called chats with Mike. I just want you to understand. You guys said not mites like two seconds ago. I beg, I beg. I appreciate mites now. Mighty. I want mighty people. Am I sorry? But when people have to search, it's ka, 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 ka. So calm down. No, but no, I really, no, they're not. But like dead ass, I really feel like there's, I think, um Africans I'm gonna say Africans I'm saying Nigerians because I feel like it's unfair to say Africans I only know my community so outside of my community so but Nigerians really like enjoy like this whole I suffered and I'm alive thing the same reason like it's the same mentality that like my kids have to suffer too why like why must suffering be passed down of generation for it to be worth anything but i do feel like a lot of people put their self-worth on how much bullshit they can take and how much bullshit they can go through and how much they can break and build themselves up without the help of anybody it's just them and vibes and inshallah and all of a sudden they're fine but but on the other side they're beating their kids for dropping a cup because they're traumatized or they're yelling and screaming at their children every two seconds or they're out here like punishing two-year-olds for being fucking two-year-olds like it's like, bro, like, this shit is trauma, bro. Like, go go fix yourself, homie. Like, yo, kids. Like, and then they're surprised the kids don't like them. Like, I don't... You know what? I'm not here to call people out. But, like, I'm like, I'm just happy my parents supported me in my therapy journey. When I told them, I was like, mommy, I need it. My mommy said, say less. My mom was like, what else do you need? So, I got lucky on that one. Um, Yeah, I ain't part of this statistic. But, like, but y'all, y'all be easy out there. <laughs> interesting though because like if you really look at it it's also a lot of other factors because i feel like a lot of the more intelligent more uh like people more in the higher social economic statuses like i feel like they realize that more um in terms of like being able to realize that they have trauma um being able to um you know say okay i need help and like not transfer that to their kids um I think you see that more so I I think people that have like more um more problems in terms of like keeping food at home and um you know making sure the kids have a roof over their head like those alone are little stresses (laughs) that the last thing on your mind is like oh I need therapy or I have trauma and stuff like that so any instant inconvenience like it could come from the kid it could come from any family member they instantly like react and I've noticed that a lot in like, you know, being Nigerian, like the Nigerian community, they're really always quick to react instead of like taking a step back. Like, let me recheck myself. <laughs> like not a lot of people realize that, but the other side where, you know, people are much richer, you know, they have nice houses, more educated. They're a little bit more chill. They're a little bit more chill. Um, and I think, you know, your socioeconomic status does um, matter what you have matters your wealth all of that matters 
Yeah, we were saying that we before we started the episode, we were talking about how income disparity it income disparity does affect your mental health, and you said it beautifully. William, what you got to say about it? No, I I definitely agree. I think it is a luxury to like you know go to therapy and have therapy and um and just it's just just even in general thinking about like we had access to it in undergrad but it was very limited to us we only had a number of sessions we and that's just people who are getting the degree people who have to actually go seek that out on top of like maybe having two jobs and how many kids or whatever they don't have the luxury to do therapy and to talk to someone about their problems that's why they call their children (laughs) they call <laughs> are you throwing shade? shade you know i'm not bitter or hurt but you know they call their children or they call their 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 siblings or their whoever and you know i feel like that that is completely fine but then it's just like i i think as someone who wants to start getting rid of the load and weight that I have on my own shoulders it's hard to accept other people's burdens and it's just like as much as I have like love and appreciation for my family and friends and things like I've been learning to lighten my load and I think I think it's important if I want to one day grow up and I never ever want to be able to have to do this to my kids in a sense and I think it's unfair because this is just how the system has like kind of shaped itself because there's always going to be those people who may never get therapy or ever have access to it and they really need it. And like it becomes, it turns into maybe more um, other forms of therapy, whether it's shopping or things of that nature. And, and that can be detrimental and add additional stress, like further financial debt or, um, or maybe you go out and you're like, there's just so many different things that you do that might not be necessarily healthy ways to dealing with your actual problems or um, ways to directly confront those situations. They are temporary means of stress relief, but not long-term solutions. And I think that's often what I've learned growing up is those short-term quick release. And when I realized that, you know, when you take Tylenol or you take like, um antibiotics for so long and it doesn't work Mm -hmm. that's what it starts to happen it's just gonna stop fucking working um and you're gonna just have to do something about it and whether if if it is that you can't afford therapy maybe it's like really like taking like a step back and like looking at what your problems are and like assessing for real um but I definitely think that income plays a big role into that and it's frustrating um And on top of that, on top of income, it's also representation. There are people who just will never understand your problem as therapists Mm -hmm. as well. And so that that is another problem. Like, why am I going to tell this stranger about my business? Well, for a while, it's just going to be uncomfortable, (laughs) especially if they don't have maybe similar experiences as you. And it's hard to relate. Um, One of my first therapists is just like trying to explain like why I was so stressed about the the recent events that happened in Minnesota and like she really couldn't understand how I was feeling you know and it's just hard to explain and explain it's just like that is additional stress and so it's like the lack of representation not having even money to even go these are just compounding problems so 
Go ahead. I really, like remember my first therapy session. Like I remember I went to the the UIC. Uh, I don't even know what the counseling center, and oh. I walked in because I was just like I was out of it. Like I was just like, bro, I just need somebody, one person at least, to just talk to. They can like professionally guide me in the right way. I walked in, sat with this woman. I think it was like an hour, a forty-five minute session, and she just started crying, and I paused. Like <laughs> I just had to stop talking. I was like. Are, are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just a lot. I'm like, um, yeah, sure. But like, yo, you're supposed to be the one helping me, not crying, bro. Like, I go and tell me my problems. I love that you mad. Someone <laughs> out here hugging you. So that was really interesting because, like, you know, at that time, like, that wasn't kind of the response I was expecting. Um, I was just in shock because I was like, you know, as a therapist, I'm sure you've heard about like a lot of issues and you should be well, like, you know, um, prepared to receive that information and assess and like not cry in front of me. Like, (laughs) so I just went back. Like, I was like, I'm not going back to see her. (laughs) I was just like, I'm not going back to see her because I'm just like, bruh. I, I didn't think she was the best person um, to help. First, she wasn't a person of color, so that alone, um, you know. Yeah, but I do think representation in uh, the therapy community does help. Having someone that looks like you um, has had other patients uh, with a lot of traumas from backgrounds similar to us um, definitely helps to... Uh, kind of talk to about some of those issues um at least they can relate right at least they can relate it just makes the conversation easier it also makes it easier for you to also open up because after she started crying I didn't know what else to say like I was just like I don't know if she'll be able to hold you together like like (laughs) I was like I don't know if I should like just be like okay I'm done now like yeah but I didn't see her after that I did not (laughs) I do think that like a lot of people also have bad experience with therapy so I think like if you're someone who's lower income and you finally were able to scrape enough money to go to a therapy session and you have like an experience Teresa had you'd probably never go to therapy ever again bro like how am I paying you for you to cry for me? The fuck? <laughs> I've been crying, crying all I mean, day long. Like, bro, and like, you guys are supposed to be helping me with my <laughs> crying. Are you, are you all right? I would, mm-hmm. I would have a from right there. I'd like snatch my check back. But... Give <laughs> 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 my money back. Refund. <laughs> Satisfaction was not guaranteed. <laughs> no, but I do think that like... I do think you guys are right. I think when you are, um, I do think that therapy should eventually become a human right, personally. Um, I do think that, like, we should have a lot more mental health resources. And if it cannot be a therapist, like, at least resources to help people who are lower income be able to, like, manage their stress and trauma. Because being poor is very stressful. Like, I don't think people understand, like, unless you've been poor before, you don't understand what it feels like to just sit there and be like, bro can I eat like 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 nine months I'm like hard shit but like until you're poor you don't know what it feels like to like be in that situation where you are choosing and picking and choosing what's going to get paid what should be paid how you're going to put food on your table how you're going to eat how are three people going to share one meal like you know what I'm saying like there's just shit like that that like 
will shape you. So I do think that like a lot of times, I honestly feel like a lot of times you might not even need therapy as a poor person. You just need relief. And I think like, even if like, you might not even actually get to journal and have someone be able to pay your basic necessities and you'd be okay. But you don't get the privilege of knowing what that is like because you're stuck in a loop of poverty. So I do think that like a lot of times, like if you are in a situation where you're choosing between a meal and talking to a random ass person for an hour, you're going to pick the meal. If you are between your light bill and talking to a random ass person for an hour, you're picking your light bill. Between your children going to school and being able to get clothes and shoes and what they need and talking to somebody for an hour, you're you're going to pick those things. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, we live in a society where, like, bare necessities are not guaranteed for everyone. So there's no way anyone even has the time or the need to recognize that, like, I have lived a very traumatic life because being poor has put me into some, like, a lot of trauma. You're working hours you should not be working. Your body's fatigued. You are seeing your children suffer. You are suffering. You don't know how to help it. You feel helpless. You probably want to die, but you can't die because you have two, three, one, whatever. You might even be a damn dog to feed. Like you have all these responsibilities following you. So I think like you don't even have time to be sad. You don't have time to be depressed. You don't have time to like to feel these things because what are you going to do with it? You have to go to work tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And I do think that like that is a lot of things that I think that's why do I need therapy or am I just poor really like comes out because it might just be like maybe my if would I still be depressed if my basic needs were met? And it's kind of like you like it's the truth. Like if I if I was not worried about bills, if I was not worried about my children, would I still genuinely be depressed? And I think that that's why a lot of Africans struggle with the idea of therapy, because they think now that we're in America, our basic needs are being met what the fuck do you have to be sad about and i think a lot of people don't like real and i think that's why they think that like when like your kids are like bro i'm sad you know like bro this shit this shit this shit ain't it why are you sad for you ate yesterday i'm like that's the missing link and that's why you need therapy (laughs) like i think it's also like i think it does develop this um survival mindset but before I get like into that I also realized like I think therapy is like a first world solution like if I if I like pull up to Nigeria today and say oh we're gonna offer free therapy the way I think everyone will look at me is like <laughs> like bro you you are right I think it depends I think it goes back to what Teresa was saying I think it depends what crowd you're in oh yeah and no but definitely like I'm like watching I was watching this movie with like my mom and we we're just talking about if I were president, I think that's what it was called. If it is my president, I don't know, something like that. And in the movie, like this man literally goes steals bread because he was hungry. Then, you know, they do the local justice and essentially beat and burn this man alive. Be mindful, a rich man walks past before they even kill this man. They ask him, he's a politician. They ask him, why did you steal why did you he said I'm hungry and I'm just like I'm just like people deal and do all these things from a day to day and like that is normal that is normal and like and they just keep moving and I think sometimes why I feel like Nigerians are one of the the strongest especially those who come who aren't necessarily first generation here um the ones who come oh wait I'm first generation yeah 
with me my too, so, all right what's up immigration the immigrants the immigrants that come that come here and and they try to make i when i tell you i think they're one of the strongest people that I've, and it's because it's like the survival mindset you you come here and you said bet now i have I have resources to do what I got to do. Like, it's always about the hustle so you can constantly leave that life behind. And so I feel like therapy is just a hindrance. It's like a, a stoplight that they don't even abide by in, in that country in the first place. And so it's just like they have to keep going. And so I just think that um, I think it's even a luxury within our own, like within the United States. Like, this is like something that's afforded to to having first world problems like (laughs) like people laugh sometimes it's like so this is what you're crying for like this is what you you know what I'm saying and 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 that's just because of where we we have the opportunity to be here and have the opportunity to feel what we are having to feel some people don't have time to be feeling their emotions it's it's work it's a hassle that's 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 one hour's paid that they're cutting if they want to start crying it's not time for that so I do think that I think that Nigerians are so used to like go 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 that like and I also think like a lot of people are on go 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 mode because they know that if they're ever forced to sit and really think they're gonna be sad I think a lot of Nigerians work themselves to the bone because they know that the moment they're no longer working and they're surrounded by their own thoughts they don't like it there that's why, like, a lot of, like, old, like it's, like, that's why I think, like, we start to see more depressive antics in, like, the older Nigerian de- uh, population because they can no longer work. If their grandkids are um, not visiting them or their kids aren't visiting them or whatever, they're just, like, depressed, bro, like, because they have, they have nothing to keep their mind off. And I think, I don't even think, this is, I don't think it's just a Nigerian problem. I think like a lot of the older generation have been saying it. Like if you go to like nursing homes and stuff, a lot of them are depressed because they realize that like they spent their whole life working for what? You didn't create meaningful connections. You shut on your kids and traumatize them. You don't have, um, you don't have like time to do anything else besides just be a dick your whole life. So now that your life is at the end, you're trying to figure out how um, not to be a dick <laughs> yeah like like for real Teresa, if you could be if you could go back in time and be mm. younger do you think you would have gone to therapy earlier if i knew what it was like, yeah like let's say you knew what it was when you were younger and it was like given to you the opportunity to go to therapy when you were younger would you go yeah definitely i would have um because I grew up being surrounded by the idea of like, oh, if you go to therapy, like therapy is a taboo. Therapy is for the mental ill. That's what like I grew up knowing. Uh, Even like up until college, like I still felt that way to some extent. Um, You know, moving from Nigeria, like I, FOB, like that, the idea, the mentality did not go away. Um, Like overnight, it took some time, it took life events for me to be like oh I fucking need to go to therapy like <laughs> and like y'all knew this like even y'all would tell me like oh yeah sure you you need to go to therapy I'm like what the fuck I thought oh y'all went crazy I said why do I need therapy I have food at home <laughs> <laughs> I'm like why do I have to like why do I need to go to therapy like I gotta go home, in the fridge. You know? <laughs> right like I have a roof over my head I have food like da, 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 da. but 
it's crazy to see like you know like you were saying Queen Taylor like when you have nothing else to do and all of those thoughts come rushing back bro and I tell you that was those were like my one of the worst times that I ever had to go through because then like you really start like being your head overthinking and like from overthinking you're like spiraling and like not good spiraling like in the wrong direction and um there are days that like you know i'll wake up i wouldn't be able to get out of bed for like the whole damn day and i'm like damn like why the fuck do i feel this way so it really took some <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you for that yeah you know? make sure people know that i know my diagnoses continue yeah. so you have those depressive states um Sometimes I don't want to call it depression because the Nigerian is me. It's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. But, you know, sure, it is, sure. it is I'm not getting out of bed. It's depression. Sure, it is like, what it is. You know, bro. like, it is, it is yeah. But it's always depression. It could just be bouts of sadness. So let me not, let me not diagnose you. I'm not, I'm going to come And also, to it doesn't even have to be depression. It, depressive symptoms is a thing. It's, it doesn't yeah. even have depression. I, I think that's what it was. Like, I was, I would have, like, moments where I go through depressive symptoms. Because, like, now I'm in therapy, you know, I've been thoroughly evaluated or whatever. I've had multiple sessions and, you know, my therapist is like, oh, yeah, what you're going through is normal business, what you've been through. So it's like, I, I wouldn't say I'm depressed. Um, it's just like, I'm going through it. And, like, I just need help. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think oftentimes people do feel uncomfortable getting it labeled. And and some others may feel comfort in knowing that okay. I, am that, I am that population. I have so yeah. much comfort in my diagnoses. Oh my God. The day I got diagnosed, I said, God. Thank I know you, you called all of us. <laughs> I was like, y'all, I finally know what's wrong with me, bro. Like I can tell you my ABCs, man. Like it was so comforting. Cause like I think at some points, like I thought I was like, am I crazy? Like, am I supposed to like I was like maybe I'm making this shit up. Like at one point I thought maybe I was like making this whole thing up and I'm not actually depressed. And like, that's the symptom of depression. Like, it was nice having, I think like, again, the solution's not for everyone. But for me, coming from a place where I've tried praying, fasting, talking to my parents, talking to my friends, talking to my cousins, talking to guidance counselors, like talking to a bunch of people. And everybody kept kind of telling me the same thing of like, it's okay. It's just a period of time. It will change. Things get better. Da 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 da. And I was just like, I kept waiting for my better. Like, and I was like, it's been a year. The better has not come yet. It's been two years. Still not better. It's been three years. Still not better. Year five. Still not better. So I think like sometimes when you get a diagnosis, it for me at least, it gave me so much comfort. I found so much comfort in knowing that like damn bro like I'm not like I don't like using this word but I'm not crazy like this is real what's happening to me is real what I'm feeling is real and there's a word for it and there's ways for me to get help for it it's kind of like it was so beautiful but continue but I think some people feel uncomfortable when there's that label because like it's like oh I it's like it's like having a some people might associate it's like having a condition like you don't want hypertension you don't want 
diabetes, you know what I'm saying? And like, now I have this type of, you know, and so I think people find it as like, here's another problem that I have. And, and the thing is, it's so abstract, this problem, that it's just like, you still like, even though you now have a name, you still don't really have a true grasp on it almost like, okay, I have, if you have anxiety, all right, cool. Now, what do I do with that? Just be scared. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just be scared. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think I think some people do find discomfort in that. Nah, I, I I get it. I think I just got to a place where like like I said, it's been um more than a decade for me. So me, once I got the once I got my little labels, my little ABC soup, almost I said it made me feel so much better. I was like, I know now, now if I'm having issues or I know like coping mechanisms, I know what might be ailing me at that moment. I know what I need to do. I know habits to not watch out for. I know all of these like things now. So my symptoms no longer like control me. And I can also inform people around me like, hey, I feel like a low coming on, like a episode coming on. So for the next couple of days, I might be short with you. I might MIA, but I just... I don't know, my serotonin, she's not here right now. And that's what it is. But yeah, no, it's it's nice. Like it's actually nice. But shout out to everybody. I, Go and get therapy. I guess my uh question would be like um how how essentially has like therapy helped, you know? Um and I'm gonna let you start, Teresa. Oh, like it's definitely helped me create boundaries. Like mm. I remember there was a certain point where I had a lot of family members would add to my stress. <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> one of my biggest stresses was just family. Like, you know, when you like go to therapy for the first time and they make you take their like survey to see 97% was family. Take- <laughs> 97% was family related. And I was just like, damn. Like that she was on as red as it can get. Like <laughs> so um yeah. What was the question again? How has therapy helped you? <laughs> she said 97%. 97%. That's all I need to know. I was thinking about the image of the sermon. I just the question. <laughs> But yeah, like creating boundaries, um, which I learned in therapy after a lot of sessions was kind of one of the biggest things that helped me. Um, I remember like I had called my aunt one time, like we were spoken on the phone. I was like, you guys are stressing me out. I didn't even know the nicest way to say like I left her like a long ass WhatsApp message. She was so upset. When I tell you this woman did not speak to me for like, I think a month or so. And, but I was okay with that. Like, I was because there was peace of mind. First of all, there was peace of mind in her, like, not calling my phone. Bro, when my family calls me, I have this anxiety. Like, I don't know where it comes from. I look at the phone, WhatsApp, Nigeria calling. Like, I just, I don't want to pick up the phone. Like, I, that's not okay. That's not normal. Like, I should be able to talk to my family about what's going on in my life. Like, just checking, blah, 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 without expecting that oh, they're calling me for a bad news or something like that. So 
Like, but she got over it, like, which was great because I was like, I'm not feeling it. But I think creating boundaries is one of the biggest things. Um, and also, like, jotting down how you feel. So, like, journal, because sometimes I don't want to journal or talk about my feelings that much. But um, I do find that it helps to, like, just write down and be super, super honest with how you feel. Um, yeah. And also talking to friends, close friends, people you can confide in um, has also really helped. And um, having like a form of activity that you really like, like a physical activity, if it's like working out, going to the gym, I personally like dancing. That really helps me. Uh, when I'm going to eat cupcakes, I said. Cupcakes are nice. Like, <laughs> I love cakes. Like, don't even. Cupcakes are nice. Cake are nice. Um, <laughs> food is nice in general like food food is also a way that um you know in moderation i treat myself i treat myself in moderation what's that in moderation, <laughs> in moderation. Okay. there is no such thing as moderation <laughs> when it comes to me eating my food i eat until i can no longer eat hey. <laughs> explosion but um those are all the things um yeah what about you guys um I also learned boundaries. Um, hmm, that one, that one, that one, hmm, that one was tough, y'all. Uh, it's the toughest one, yeah. I definitely think it's the toughest one because it's just like you want to create boundaries with people that you love so much, and like you feel guilty almost for creating these boundaries. But bro, boy, mm-hmm. did I need that wall just a little bit, or yeah. at least a privacy screen, a I door, mean, or something before someone enters because wow. <laughs> Thank you for the outlib. Um, uh, and so I think creating boundaries was important just because I felt like I started to lose like functionality in my own day mm-hmm. and I just couldn't do things. It was tied up. I started worrying about other other issues that weren't necessarily minor that I didn't even have the capability of solving or my problems plus their problems was just some multiple problems that I just could not handle. And so having to create those boundaries was important. Um, I think one thing that still a work in progress, but I'm my biggest and strongest critic. Um, and I can put mm-hmm. myself down a lot of the time. Um, annoying. You said what? It's annoying. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome um but yeah no I I think it's learning that like I'm more than capable of doing things and learning that like you know I'm great and fantabulous and awesome and all so many different ways and like having to kind of just being comfortable and saying those things and so I think that has been um I would say two major things that I'm still working on um yeah because those are, those are I've been trying to figure out how to answer this. Um, the simplest way I can think of how has therapy helped me is that I'm alive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Y'all know where I was. You got a lot of scares. Oh, yeah. You got a lot of... A lot of but yeah, um, I'm a big advocate for therapy personally just because of what it's done for me. I'm still a work in progress 
but I am finally able to find joy in life. And that was something that I didn't think I could ever have. Um, I remember when I was younger, before I started going to therapy, in my teens, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it past my teens because I was like, I don't know if I could keep doing this shit. Like, this thing's kicking my ass, bro. Um, And then, I don't know, I just kept, I think this is where Nigerian survival mentality kicks in. I was just like, I'm going to be really angry if this is what takes me out. Like, a part of me was like, I survived Nigeria for this to be what, you people are mad. So part of me, (laughs) I'm being so serious. I'm being so serious. It was sheer stubbornness that got me to like college because I was like, there's no way like it, like there's no way that this is what my life was going to be. Like, there's no way that this I think I was like 16 and I was like, I was 14 when I was like, if I make it past 18, I'm going to be surprised. I was 16, still felt the same way. But I was like, I want to at least go to college. Like, I, I, I want to at least do my first year of college. And I told myself, I was like, baby girl, just make it to your first year. And from there whatever you do would be a fulfilled life. And um, I remember making it through my first year and then making it through my second. Then I turned 18, then I turned 19, then I turned 20. And every year past 18, I'm always so thankful because 14 year old me, gosh, I'm gonna cry. Okay, 14 year old me did not, damn it. I didn't want to cry on this podcast. Oh, fuck. That's why I was trying to figure out how to answer this without crying. But 14-year-old me did not think 24-year-old me would be a thing. And that's because of therapy. I'm, you know, I prayed. And don't get me wrong. God, you know, has seen me through. But if I didn't get help when I should have, um, I'm my parents' only child. They would not have a child. Uh, if I didn't get help when I should have, um, I would not have friends. I would not be making this podcast. I would not be open to so many things and experiences that I've lived. I would never have seen Mexico. I would have never gone back to Nigeria. I would have never seen my grandmother again. I would have never seen my cousins again. I wouldn't have never met Turkey Gang. And I wouldn't have met some amazing people in my life. I wouldn't have lived certain experiences. And I I wouldn't have gone skydiving, for fuck's sake. And I have so many more things that I want to do. And therapy has let me know that like I don't know I this is the better that everyone kept telling me about and I finally made it to better and therapy helped me make it to better and I think for a lot of kids and a lot of people who are going through stuff and when people tell you it gets better it's annoying it's frustrating because you're always waiting for better but my situations have not necessarily changed um the things around me that still trigger me are still here, but therapy has given me the tools to be able to navigate through them. So now when something small happens, my whole world does not crumble. I'm able to understand that this is one thing. This is one blimp. This is one item. And it's really given me uh, understanding of self, understanding of separation from my diseases, understanding of who I am without depression, who I am without my ABCs. And being able to connect with people as Quinsola, not Quinsola, the girl who has this depression, has been so liberating. And yeah, so I will always be a big advocate for therapy. Um, 
I feel like I'm always goofing off on this. Damn it. I do not want to cry. I know y'all say that you cried on this podcast. I'm going to be like, no, I didn't. Hey, man. But um, I would just like to acknowledge your first tears. Um, I'm a thug. I see uh, tears. Oh, I, 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 about. I see tears. Shut up. She don't see shit. I don't even know that girl. But <laughs> no, but no. seriously, though, like I've been blessed with so many great people in my life. And I, you guys are the ones that pushed me to there. Just like they pushed we pushed Teresa to therapy. They pushed me to therapy. I remember, I think it was like, I remember, if you guys remember 2455, I was sitting in my room and my room was a mess and I was sitting on the corner of a bed. Because, oh, yeah. No. no, be mindful. The corner of the bed. Hey, hey, actually- we don't need to air me out like that. It's okay. It's okay. The <laughs> <laughs> okay. description. I already cried once. Let's, let's keep it the way it is. But um, I remember being so low and just having people in my life that cared about me enough to be like go get fucking help was great was phenomenal um they were like yeah you're you need to go see somebody son i know how to say it we can't help you sis like you haven't eaten in two days we can't <laughs> we can't help you. i was eating i was eating frosted flakes and vibes like <laughs> it was it was a dark time and I'm good. You know, do you know why I kept getting sick during that time? Because I'm gluten intolerant and I kept eating frosted flakes. See, therapy was <laughs> therapy helped me get a diagnosis because <laughs> once I wasn't sad, I was like, bro, I'm actually getting sick all the time. I'm gluten intolerant. I didn't know that. I was eating bread and butter for like <laughs> But yeah, nah. Yeah, no. Having people around you that can tell. So if you're listening to this, this is your call. Go to therapy. Um, I will this be that person for you. Um, if you don't have that person in your life pushing to therapy, go to therapy. You might not get it right the first time. Like Teresa shared, she had a bad experience. Um, I didn't have the best experience my first time either. You might not get it the first time or the second or the third time, but seriously, go to therapy, especially if you can go to therapy, find free resources, save the money that you can get a side hustle. Hell, I will fund one month of therapy session to someone who hits me up. Like, go to therapy. Like, for real. Like, this is something that I think everyone should do. I really think it's very important that you do, even if it's just a mental health tune-up. Go to therapy. Talk to somebody. You can't carry all the burdens of your life on yourself for too long. And that is that is all I have to say. That's so great. It's not that I would fund any therapy because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. Uh, I just wanted to add that, like, you know, I know, I don't think the problems. <laughs> why, why, why are you laughing? <laughs> I just love that you had to include. I'm not part of us. This is not a charity right here, bro. But, you know, you do that, Queen. So, um, I know. It's only that. $69.99 a month. I'll pay you $70. You said what? How much? $70 for the first month. I'll pay for that. If it's more than, like, $70. I was feeling in the moment. <laughs> I was in the spirit and I was talking. That's before. wonderful. That's wonderful. So they'll come yeah. to you, Shaq. Anyways, yeah. um, I just wanted to add that, like, I don't think the, like, with therapy, um, like, your problems never go away in terms of, like, your trauma. Uh, it doesn't go over time. And that's kind of one of the things that I'm also learning. Like, it, <sighs> it takes time for, you know, to get over, uh, a lost one or uh, a loved one's loss or um, childhood trauma or abuse or all of that stuff. And I think therapy kind of like helps you grow around that. Um, so kind of like what Clarence was saying, like it's a learning, uh, you learn to overcome 
some of those things, right? You grow around it. Like the size of the grief, the size of the trauma doesn't really change. It's just about you being a bigger person and you having the tools um, necessary to help you, you know, be able to address the problem um, the right way so you don't feel out of the loop um, and you don't feel out of control of how you might be feeling currently um, and having your trauma take over you. So I think, yeah, that's another thing to add to that. So go to therapy. It's really helpful. I'm still learning how helpful it is. I don't think my problems will go over anytime soon, but I'm also in a much better place. Um, like I think the rest of you guys are. So. I do think, I do think that like, I like ditto everything you guys have said. I do think that um, for those who can't afford therapy or don't have the time, I do think that even like 10, 20 minutes of something that you, you enjoy each day, whether it's like simply just taking a walk. Like I found that I, especially during the pandemic, like going to um, the bridge to um, just like watch like the waterfalls and things were just extremely relaxing for me. And like, I felt like I can clear my head. That was really beneficial to me. And I think that like, if that is your form of therapy, at least until the point that you can maybe get therapy I think taking those 10 minutes that 15 minutes because I know that there is some of that time in each of our days and we often spend it maybe just watching tv or just you know and and that's also fine if that's how you want to get away just make sure that you are doing your piece to take care of yourself because the problems are always going to be there that bill is always going to be there that's still going to send it to that all your problems will remain dead. Just take 10 to 15 minutes to forget now. <laughs> no, seriously. But I think that is a great note to end off on. Um, mm-hmm. Teresa, thank you for joining us. And um, before we leave, for halfway through the podcast, I have a confession. Hey. Halfway through the podcast, I thought this Dawn was not recording, but I was too embarrassed to try to start recording. But I just checked, and we have been recording so well. Okay, good. good, good. I was about to like, you foolish goat, and this episode is over. Like, it's I'm, not. We dropped some good germs. In you me. see, I this is what happens you. when we allow her to do the recording. <laughs> 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 this is what happens. You no know, way. maybe you should be my tea. <laughs> hey. We started with that, and we ended with that. See that? See? Don't worry. I will see my way out. It's okay. <laughs> but because of what they said, I'm no longer Look. funding one month. My uh-uh. my team will fund you. <laughs> yeah, useless me. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow. If you do need that $70, I believe um some online therapy sessions are for like 70 to 100 But if you reach out to me personally on my Instagram, I can only do it for one person, you know. One person. And don't, for the first don't be a scammer. So don't be like, a scammer. Actually, the first person, like, <laughs> we need the receipt. I think yeah. you should refund the money because you know people. Nah, uh, I I tied on my money. So play with you're not playing with me. You playing with God. But <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, after all these years of me surviving, you, the guy owes me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. but no, seriously, if you do need that help, um, as chats with like a representative, I will fund you for one month. After that, um, OIO. Oh, 
because it's an I. I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm a first year accountant. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you a little while? At least for a month, you have someone to talk to, you know? But no, all jokes aside. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been great. Um, like I said, it's been fun re recording. So by the time you guys listen to this, it will be the new year. So from from us, happy new year. Uh, happy and new hope- year. Pew, pew, pew. So we hope you guys have a fulfilling 2022. And thank you for listening to Chats with, with Mike. You know, I feel bad. The only reason why we do pew, pew, pew is because we're too lazy to put sound effects in the actual episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fix that. <laughs> <laughs>